And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to scale. Time to scale this baby. I, no, scales like like a reptile. Oh, you might want to check with the doctor on that one. I, everyone I talk to says that you should be be, conter- be, con- be concerned with scaling and that scalability is the key to your growth and your future. So I, I'm trying yeah. to grow scales. It's not going, it's not going well. It's hard. That's must be why everyone's talking about it. But, um, <laughs> oh I mean, we were going to talk about scaling your team. So getting your team to grow scales during high growth periods, right? Yeah. I guess that would make them stronger, less vulnerable. Um, yeah, that would be good. Well, I'm clearly, I'm clearly way off base then. So, yeah. you know, well, I might not be right about, what scalability is. One thing I am right about is letting you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Chatdesk. So does your business receive a high volume of phone calls? You can deflect over 10% of your phone calls to Facebook Messenger and save up to 80% of your support costs using Chatdesk. We have a special offer for Startup Hustle listeners. It's free for a limited time. Learn more at chatdesk.com forward slash shift. Chat desk is scalable and not in the reptilian way. It's like, like growing big and strong. And, you know, I mean, overall, Matt, you know, as we dive into this episode and and yes, I, I do know what scalability is and it is not turning yourself into a reptilian anything. Well, I've been thinking about this for a second and I would love to have scales on the bottom of my feet for stepping on Legos. Oh man. That's like a... That's that would like be good. Pretty much the, that is easily the most painful thing that you can step on. <laughs> like nails, like you can drive a nail through your foot and I think it's less painful than stepping on a Lego, but yep. All right. So when you think about scalability in terms of startups, and uh, I mean, what comes to mind? It's usually about hiring people, right? And hiring people is hard and I'm sure we're going to talk all about it today, but um that's the big thing, right? And go through that at full scale every day, right? Hiring people, <laughs> hiring developers. And yep. sometimes when the rocket ship is flying, you're just trying to hang on and hire people to put butts in seats and take phone calls and do work, right? Sometimes. And uh, that's when it's a lot of fun, but it also could be really crazy. Yeah, we've had, you know, some of the past episodes and here we are in part 44, 52 of our series about how to start a tech company, which in order to keep it real, we're going to deliver late and over budget. So um, nothing could have been more realistic than that. But in the past episodes, we talked about, you know, should you pivot, uh, how to not grow out of business, uh, creating a winning culture when you should uh, fire your clients or users and how to not get stuck in the middle. Now, in this in this particular instance of the series, we're talking about people, not just software. And there's other episodes you can look through our feed. We've talked, we've engaged this subject and this topic 
quite a bit and now, but people, um, people aren't really scalable uh, in terms, like when you think about the definition of scalability, there's some conflicts with people feeling scalable. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the biggest issue there is process, right? It's okay. We can hire more salespeople, but what is the process, right? How do we get leads? How do we get more leads? What software do we use to track the leads? What is the process we use to follow up with them? Like all that kind of stuff when you're, when you're in your early stages, you just don't know. Or the way you were doing it was great when you had one salesperson, but now when you have five or 10, like yeah. just the processes and the tools and all of that, like you just can't keep track of all of it. And this is this is a key limiting factor in the and what keeps a lot of businesses small or stagnant. Now, the actual definition, according to Investopedia, um, there you go, Investopedia. Shout out. Scalability describes a system's capability to as, adapt easily to increased workloads or market demands. A scalable firm is able to benefit from economies of scale and can quickly ramp up production. Now, we'll use our own business, FullScale. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. When it comes to scalability, and I feel like I'm a bit of an expert at the subject because we've learned at FullScale that people are not, are not easily scalable. I guess technically you can scale your team. And you're thinking, why is this episode titled Scaling Your Team? You can, but it's a lot more difficult with people because you, know, you got to go out and you, gotta, you have to recruit them, assess them hopefully retain the folks you already have. So you're not just replacing them and then you need to keep them employed. And there's much like you mentioned, Matt, there's processes and stuff like that. It takes time. And then in the, in this particular moment in time, um, there are more jobs out there than people applying for them. So that's making things even more complex and complicated. Well, so part of the problem is you've got to hire people that, you are not necessarily uh, proficient at knowing how to hire, right? You're like, I need to hire a director yeah. of marketing. How do I know if they're good at marketing? I don't know. I don't know crap about marketing. I just started this company a couple months ago. And now I need to hire, a, I guess, a marketing person. How do I know I'm hiring a good one, right? Like, you're going to get into a lot of that with a lot of different roles you need to hire. And a lot of the problem is also just not understanding the type of people you need, how the teams should be. Um, organized, right? Like hiring a sales team, do you need SDRs or account executives or executive salespeople, people that just do demos? Like, you know, what is the structure of that? Who do you, you know, what are the different roles? How many people do you hire? Like, if you don't have experience with this, you may have no clue. I mean, you don't even know what SDR means, right? Um, and so when you're first starting out, you there's that's a lot of the problem is just trying to figure out what do we need to hire? And then how do I know if I can even interview these people and know that they're good at their job, right? Yep. And, the, and that shift from startup to a high growth company also presents uh, human resources challenges. Like you, you, if you only have four employees, you probably, you don't have a human resources department or team. And, you My know, my goal like, is to never have I mean, a company the, so yeah. big it needs an HR department. <laughs> uh, too late, bro. You already own half of one that has uh, a very, uh, a, right. a, a fairly large uh, human resources team. And, you know, you talk At about least scalability. You don't have to worry Some... about getting in trouble with HR, though. No, you still do. Oh shit! Yeah, it's always looming, Matt. It is always All looming, right. and uh, you know I, I understand. But you know, so, some of this too is also you know leadership. 
you know, you have HR, you have leadership, you have just different things that, I mean, quite honestly, can spin out of control in, in a real hurry. And, um, and some of the, some of the processes or things that the glue that can hold rapidly growing companies together, um, uh, it can come undone pretty quickly. Cause you know, what do you, you're trying to put out a, uh, an, a company, a, a handbook, a manual or whatever. And I mean, it can be 99% great and there can be 1% of it in there that may offend your whole entire company and create a revolt internally. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've had that happen before, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the slightest mistake in a, <laughs> well, it's, well, you're trying to move quickly. Yeah. You yeah. try to move quickly. And you want to let people do your jobs. I mean, I'll share it was a three and a, it was, I mean, our company had barely started and we had, um, we had put someone basically what ended up, we had, and approved an employee handbook and had a local leader that added a couple other lines into it afterward and put it out. And, um, of course, because Murphy's law dictates that the worst shit will happen at the, at the worst possible time. I was going on my first vacation in several years and started getting messages that were basically like, what the fuck? And uh, I had to stop what I was doing. I was somewhere in the middle of Oklahoma at that point at a McDonald's. And I remember sitting down and having to pull my laptop out and basically send out a message. I was like, so you got an employee handbook. That was the wrong one, which just <laughs> makes you look like an idiot, man. But, the, but, yeah. but that's the thing. Like when you're in an early stage, there's, there's, it's like you don't know what you don't know. And yep. you have to spend all your time dealing with all these things that you would never think about, right? Which could be HR related, hiring process, procedure, tools, like, and a lot of it's not super productive stuff, right? In the grand scheme of things, as far as like selling your product and, and stuff like that. But it's all things that are super critical to hiring people and training people, which you, which you ultimately need to do to scale. Yeah. And now there's a couple of things that come with this. I think you got to have a flexible plan. Um, just, you know, part of this is you, if you're really growing quickly and you've got the resources you need, you have a whole lot of roles that need to be filled. And until you get people showing up that you like, that would think that you think are a good fit, it's sometimes impossible to slot the imaginary applicant into those roles. Like, Imagine you have 10 things that need to be filled and some things cross over departments, you know, and you get now at the same time, you still have to be picky because I think that when you get, when you get all hasty and just start like hiring everybody that walks up to the door with an application in their hand is when things get pretty shitty. Well, and, and that's why they always say that you uh, hire slow and fire fast, right? Like hiring people, um, it is always hard to do. <laughs> I worked at, I worked at a company once and I swear their hiring plan was to hire 10 people, hoping one that would work out, hoping one person would actually be a good fit. And I gotta be honest, it created a really crappy culture because people were getting fired all the time, you know? Yeah. And it was like, it creates this culture of fear. Like, you know, and uh, I don't, did you see uh, what's this headline that's hit uh, recently? The better.com. Uh, brings 900 people onto a zoom call to tell them all that they're fired. And along the way accuses 250 of them of basically stealing because they were only working two hours a day remote anyway. And now 
in a follow-up to that news, I read today that that guy, that the better.com board put that, told that guy to go take some time off to think about life. Wow. Um, they had to hire a crisis management team. Look at all the shitty PR they're getting. And, you know, here's the thing is like, I mean, dude, 900 people like, come on. You know, that's, I mean, I think there's something wrong in your planning and execution process. I mean, that's not that big of a company. I don't, nine well, I, don't, people, I mean, wow. it's hard to have uh 900 one-on-one meetings to, to, uh, fire 900 people like there's just no easy way to do that i guess well yes but you can i mean there's other ways to do it by the way i worked for another company at one point that if you got fired you just got a fax oh god you would just get a fax it was funny because people just started because this was back this is back in the day you know when people had fax machines still and and i and I would talk to my colleagues and they would, I'd be like, uh, I, I'd be like, Hey, I, I can fax that over. They're like, fuck no, man. I'm not plugging that thing in. <laughs> you know, it was like, Jeez. that was their, that was their own retention plan. So now yeah, the, the reason, the reason that this is important, cause all right. So we use this example where 900 people got fi- uh, fired under a zoom call. I will tell you that I guarantee you another 900 people quit in the wake of that or will. Well, and, and that's the problem with a small company, right? Like you talk about how hard it is to hire people, but retention is a really big deal. And when you've only got uh, a small amount of employees, if you've got somebody who's not pulling their weight, it's really, really obvious, right? And yep. when yep. people leave, I mean, you have this high risk of, you know, there being collateral damage, right? And and we've seen this before in, in our own companies where, it it happens, right? You get one or two people leave and next thing you know, you get some other people that leave and, and you got to stop the bleeding sometimes too. Like it, it's a difficult place to be in, but it's part of business. Yeah. And, and that's another thing too, is you're, if you're going to grow rapidly, your culture does have to change a little bit. I mean, it, 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 it variably will because the, and as we've grown at full scale, we've, we've experienced this firsthand because, you know, what we were able to do, allow, or I mean, on some days put up with was way different when we had 15 employees as opposed to 200 plus. And, um, and overall companies that don't have any structure at all around that, like that really, fr- that'll frustrate your good employees. And I've been, uh, I was actually talking to you about this just before we hit record and we were talking about you know, all the work that we're doing, we have a really high uh, employee retention rate at full scale and something we're really proud of. But, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And there's you, you culture is very difficult to change in the and like that it doesn't work like that. And, you know, that was one of the things you use that better.com example, they were the article I was reading was uh, had interviewed some of their employees, and they were expressing doubt in the company's ability to change a toxic culture quickly. Yeah, see, these are these are things that are very hard to reverse. And it's just really, it's hard to get the stink out. And you know, it's a pretty well known fact that nothing will piss off your great employees more than watching you have ultimate tolerance for the people that suck. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know LeBron James does not want to play on a team with a bunch of D-list players, right? Like, the, the people want to want to be with other top performers, and there is nothing more frustrating yeah. than working with other employees that are terrible at their job, and then you got to run around and clean up their work and deal with all their bullshit. Oh my god! 
Now you have solutions for scalability that can help in different tools. And that seems like a good time to ask if, you know, are you looking to reduce the number of phone calls and voicemails coming into your business and lower yes. your customer support costs? You are, because yes. Matt, our friends over at ChatDesk will enable you to shift your calls to messaging channels like Facebook Messenger. You can schedule a demo and check out the discount they're offering to Startup Hustle, uh, Startup Hustle listeners by visiting the link in the show notes or head over to our partner page, which is startuphustle.com forward slash partners. You get a link to ChatDesk either way. Now, this is something that, uh, so what were we talking about before we recorded? We were talking about scalable uh, skills, uh, training platforms and stuff like that to try to keep our employees engaged and feel like they're moving, they're moving forward. So, I mean, the part of having the bigger company, you know, retention is more important. It's, they say it's, it's cheaper to keep the clients you have than go find new ones. It's the same thing for employees. And, you know, so with that, you, you just, you know, for us, like we're planning on, how do we continue to, well, we want our employees to know that we're investing in their future and their skills and that they don't, we don't want them to feel stagnant. And, you know, that's, that's part of preparing for setting the tone for growth and, you know, setting that tone is important. And you, Matt, what's the one thing you say that people, people, uh, they always want to know if we're winning or losing? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, and usually when you're scaling and hiring a lot of people, it's an exciting time, right? Like, um, that's always a, a really positive, a really positive thing. You know, um, we're on the other on the other end of the spectrum when you've got employees leaving and you don't backfill them, and you know you're not hiring anybody. Like, that's the total opposite. You're like, oh wow, I got more work to do. Yeah, yeah. it's and it's not a good. The, the, when is the cavalry coming? So, yeah. yeah. Another thing, when it comes to to setting the growth of your team is, and we were talking about this uh, as well, is recognizing loyalty because, um, and there's a there's a whole packet of of wealth that you can get from this. So, you know, if you've had if you have a company where you've had a bunch of people, I yeah, I was visiting with a friend of mine the other day who has had. Uh, he has two dozen employees and they haven't had anybody quit for uh, over five years. Oh, geez. And I, that's amazing, right? That's crazy. I know. And I mean, it's something that they're very proud of and it helps them bring in new people or just kind of demonstrate that they know what they're doing. Um, you know, and I mean, that's now eventually someone's going to quit. There's one thing I can guarantee you is that your employees will not work for you forever because either you will sell the company, you will quit, they will quit, or someone's going to die. There's yeah. no eternal employment agreement. So, um, you know, Matt, I think one of the things too, as you grow is, is the establishing leaders, um, which is tough because I think a lot of times leaders are, are, uh, emerge organically um, and I think that, you know, we see this with programmers a lot. People are like, oh, this person has a lot of skill. We should make them the leader of the team. Doesn't yeah. It doesn't mean they mean want to be the leader. People. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're good at managing yeah. people either. Or well, anything. It's like a, it's like a good salesperson usually is probably a really bad sales manager, right? Like they're, they're just different personalities a lot of times. Um, so just be. because you're yeah. good at doing the work does not mean you're good at managing people who do the work. Well, that doesn't mean you want a shitty salesperson as your leader either, because then they'll no. struggle to gain the respect of the other salespeople. Salespeople well, are a different subject. 
they're well, a different the hardest, subject. They're they're the they're hardest, weird. The hardest part here that's related to this is hiring key managers, executives, and stuff to join the team, right? Like you start out and you're like, oh, we need to hire a CTO or a CMO or COO or whatever, right? A VP of this or what whatever titles you want to use. And those key hires can be so key to the whole business that it literally could be the success or failure of hiring the right yep. person to come in and take over part of the business that is you know, just not being done correctly or nobody has time for, or nobody knows how to do whatever it is. And those are absolutely some of the most important moments and hires in an early stage, especially when you're trying to scale is getting the right person to come in and help lead part of the business. And that's easier said than done. It, it really mean, we, is. There's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the StackFi side, we had a couple people we hired that were absolutely amazing. And we had a couple people we hired that just were not very good. We hired one guy that uh, we brought in as like a, a VP C-level uh, person. But when we told him when we hired him, I'm like, dude, you don't have like a team that works for you. You have to do the strategy and you have to like execute and do all the work. But he was just a strategy person. He, he wasn't really good at execution of the work. And that, that's the stuff you have to look out for when you're growing is like my hiring somebody that is like a high level strategic thought leader or hiring the person who's actually going to like do the work that needs to be done. And a lot of times you need both. And that's where it's really difficult. Like you can't afford to hire a team of five people for marketing to do all the things. You need one person who can do all of it. And that's a lot harder to find. It's chicken and egg stuff too. Well, and I think this brings up a good a good time too to talk about a lot of times you need to consider just outsourcing a lot of these things, right? Like just like full scale is really successful at what we do and helping people scale because it's hard to find developers. It's the same thing with hiring marketing or salespeople or all sorts of things. There are outsourced solutions to help with some of this. Like we talked about chat desk, right? Like chat desk is a is is a potential solution to help with support, right? But for a lot of different roles, there are different consultants, contractors, part-time people that can come in and help do various things to help you scale up a lot faster. Yeah. And, and with that, that's also tricky as well. Cause I mean, I've had good experiences and bad ones with those kind of folks as well. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, really in the end, it's just, yeah, it's a vet. I mean, this is all a vetting process. And, you know, like Matt was mentioning, there's a yeah, be, be slow to hire, quick to fire. There's like a zillion people. There's a, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of, of people out there that claim to do things great. And, but you never know until they show up to do it. And that's really one of the things I've just really learned is that is, you know, you can be, you can get pretty precise with some of this stuff, but that's, what's tough when you haven't done it before. I mean, that, you yeah. know, you mentioned the full scale example, there's smart people all over the world and people want to hire uh, offshore talent, but they don't know how to identify it and they don't know how to manage it. They don't know or how to me. keep, you know, keep trusted and keep up with it. And, yep. you know, that's, I mean, that's I'd, like our whole business revolves around that. And, you know, why are we good at it? Well, we've had thousands of applicants and thousands of assessments and interviews. And, you know, you don't get that luxury most of the time when you're a rapidly growing company. And one of the things that's important to remember if you are growing rapidly is that if you want to keep growing rapidly, sometimes uh, you got to stop what you're doing and get the 
you know, get the right people processes, uh, purchase the right products and tools and stuff like that. Cause it's very, very easy. I know you've done it, Matt. I've done it. You're like, I don't have time to stop and do this. Well, until you, until you can offload some of that, you're just going to have, you're going to end up doing it and doing it and doing it. And one thing I can guarantee you that's not scalable is you as an individual. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, that, and that's one of the hardest things is, you know, as a founder, entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneur, you're probably really good at, you know, one or two things, but, you know, I always joked, I was a chief cook and bottle washer, right? You also do whatever needs to be done and you just can't do everything. You can't, you don't scale, right? And that's where it's so important to, as soon as you can afford to bring in other leaders that you can hand things off to that you can trust. And ultimately it's all about trust. And here's another thing you're going to have to be committed to is when you hire these people, they can't just show up and you're like, Hey, figure it out. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, and for me, like at full scale, I do a lot of our sales stuff. Um, and that's the thing that's some uh, challenge to me. I was talking to our COO about it as we want to grow, build and grow our sales team. Now there's a couple things is, you know, sometimes things that we believe that always need to be done by people don't. And we've made a pretty significant investment into our management platform to do the simple things that we don't feel like we need a human to interface with. Like, hey, do you want to add this person to your team? Yes or no? Click here. You know, not like having to pick up a call, pick up a phone and call someone to just have them click a button for you. And, you know, these are the kind of things and that's, the, you know, as we get you know, towards the the end of, of the show here, I want to once again remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Chatdesk. They can help you reduce the number of phone calls coming into your business by over 10% by shifting calls over to Facebook Messenger and other channels. You can get started in just a few minutes and the service is free for a limited time. Be sure to check it out, chatdesk.com forward slash shift, chatdesk.com. Link in the show notes. We're not going to try to say it three times fast. We determined that no one can do that, man. No, I did it. So I did I, it. that's what I'm going to spend. I'm going to spend my whole holiday season learning how to say chatdesk.com forward slash shift, chatdesk.com forward slash shift, chatdesk.com forward slash shift. Good job. Good job. Good job. Do I get the job? Yep. You're hired. Boom. Knew it. We have great benefits, so, long hours, low pay, hard work. Very low, no recognition, no PTO time, almost non-existent. You work remotely though, training. so you don't have to wear pants. Yeah, you can work at home. You can work at home, so you'll be all right. <laughs> that's what everyone wants. So the but the one thing yeah, that we haven't but that's that's a good about, point, Matt. Like we go go ahead, go ahead. Let's start. I was gonna say the one the one thing we haven't talked about yet. I, I think we should definitely talk about is when to hire people, and that's one of the hardest things. And we take like the Vin Solutions you know, era of mine, we were growing so fast and we needed a lot of support people. Like we needed support people to come in and help implement new accounts and support them and all that. But the problem is it takes like six months to freaking train somebody. So yep. we're always way, way, way behind and we couldn't afford to hire people, train them. And there's really not a lot of work for them to do, you know, before we sign up the customers. Right. So it, it, it that's always the struggle too, is, is like, when do you hire people? When do you bring these people on? I mean, it's no different. You know, you, t you talk about a, a company that's heavily 
you know, driven on the sales side, right? Like you've got to have the number of leads, the number of qualified leads before you hire the salespeople. But to some sense, it's like that balancing act of like, well, I need to hire the salespeople first or hire marketing, like which of these pieces come first? And then when do I scale it? When do I hire them? Like, it's all very tricky on the like, when, like when to hire these people. Well, and that's, you know, that's the, it's a constant chicken and egg situation. And, you know, you mentioned it's, we'll use, we love the real life examples. So, um, you know, we, you talk about sales and all of a sudden we had this big surge and interest in what we did at full scale and, uh, you know, a whole lot of, and we sold everything we had, all the people that, that provide services were put under contract and we were like, well, shit, I don't want to hire a salesperson now because they don't have anything to sell. Yeah. And that's chicken and egg. And it's kind of like you mentioned, it's like, do you get the leads without the marketing team or did, you know, and and then some of that is also how long is it going to take to actually see if you get any results? Because some of this stuff that you have to scale into and grow into is an ongoing science experiment that's never going to go away. Well, and the worst thing is you're in your early stage and you're like, okay, we raised money. We've got, let's say it's $50,000 or whatever. We've got the budget to go hire a salesperson. But if they don't sell a whole bunch of shit in the next three months, we are screwed, right? Like they won't have a job anymore. Like they got to pay for themselves, right? Like that's where this is really hard too. When you're really, really early and you're like experimenting, right? Like trying to get your first salesperson and stuff like that. Is maybe the best advice to go get one of those toy magic eight balls and then you just ask it, spin it eight <laughs> times and see, reply hazy, ask again. You're like, should I hire a salesperson? It just says, uh, yes. Like Always. what are the different answers on the magic eight ball? You know, it's like, yeah. um, I well, should we, probably look that up, right? You know, we had this problem at Stackify too, where very early on we hired a like VP of sales, like kind of enterprise salesperson but we didn't have shit to sell <laughs> the product yeah. wasn't ready to sell right like yep. so the, the the win part of this can be very difficult to uh you know master and it, it's a fun problem do you know this one thing that i want everyone to come away from this episode knowing and that i did not know there are actually 20 possible answers on the toy magic eight ball never thought oh, there wow. was that many that's about how many outcomes you can have for different decisions. Um, but, you know, it's like, here you go. Should I should I hire a salesperson? Signs point to yes. There, there we go. I'm Very doubtful. Yeah, yeah. So at one point, and I wish I had tracked this a little better, I actually I had one on my desk and I used to like ask it for fun to see how an outcome would occur compared to my actual decision. <laughs> It was fairly accurate, but I wasn't. So we were right on par with about being right about half the time. Now, you know, in regards to the timing, I mean, I think some of that, and this is this is a very unscientific answer. Some of it's a feel thing, you know, like, do you feel like it's the right time? Like the company's evolving, the sales are evolving, and you've grown into it. I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, similar to, you know, when do you go find a bigger space to work in? Yeah. Um, the rule of thumb is usually when you're bursting out of the one that you're already in and, you know, rather than when you're halfway full. Now we've learned a little about that as well. We took a full, whole entire floor of an office building, uh, for full scale, uh, 10,000 square feet. And then a pandemic came and no one's ever been in it, but we sure as shit pay for it, you know? And 
I mean, so sometimes these things do backfire and, and kick a little dust in your face. Now, at the same time, if at given the climate prior to that, if we hadn't have done that, we could have created a whole nother set of problems. So, I mean, you're not going to be perfect with your decision making, uh, both with hiring, with scaling, with everything. But I think that's where the flexibility comes in. You know, give yourself some room in the margins. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I was recently uh, my my co-author from the Realist Guide to Successful Music Career was here playing a rock show and. Kansas City. And I was telling him, I was like, how do you stay on time for all this? He said, we give ourselves buffers and that's room in the margin because things aren't always going to go exactly the way that you want. And there's going to be changes. So, I mean, if it's, I I don't like the scenario where you're like, we got to hire the salesperson, but if that person doesn't sell anything after three months, we're broke. I don't think that's the right time to hire a salesperson. I think that's where you as the founder got to put on your, your, your big boy or big girl pants and go out and sell some shit, you know, like, and that's part of it. That's what you signed up for when you started a business is sometimes you like Matt's the bottle washer. Whatever you got to do. And cook. Well, and I think that that goes along the lines of something else we should definitely mention is like when you're in early stage, you really want to value utility players too. people that yes. can wear a lot of hats. Yes. They can do a lot of things. You're not like, uh, I hired you and this is your exact job description. And every time you ask them to do something, they're like, Uh, can I see my job description and what's my job title? And is this in my job description, right? You need people that are flexible that do whatever it is that needs to be done and that they will adapt and overcome on a weekly basis as things move and shift around. Right. And um, those people are super valuable early on in the business. I I talk to our our prospective clients and existing clients at full scale about this a lot. You 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 get a Swiss Army knife or a sword, yeah. And the Swiss Army knife, like at an early stage, you want like for software developers, you want someone that can do a lot of different stuff. So it's a Swiss Army knife. Now, when it's time to truly go to battle, you don't want to be on the front line ready to fight the 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 opponent. And you're holding a Swiss army knife. You want the sword. You know, that's the specialist. That's the people that are like, that's like a CFO or something, you know, in certain situations or conditions where you have enough work and focus for one person. They're like, I am aces at this. Now, when you get back to camp after the battle, you don't want to be trying to open your can of beans with that sword. So you kind of have a mix of both of them. But yeah, in early stages, you definitely need people that are flexible. And I hate that job description talk, man. It's like, this is outside my job description. You know, I'm like, where the fuck do you work? Because it's not at my company if you're going to say shit like that. At, at every startup that's ever existed, the first software developer that was hired is also in, cha- in charge of the mail server, the phone system, and a bunch right. of other things. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had a call about that the other day. And it was, and I told the guy, I said, you know, I think you're probably a little too early and and the in in your in your business life cycle to be working with full scale and he said well why is that i said you don't even have a domain yet and the people that work for us that you're going to hire aren't going to want to set up every single thing that's not what they do they write code they build software and programs they're not you know like hey not also your part part time it guy Right. And that, you know, I mean, I mean, could they do it? Sure. But that's not what they signed up with us to do. And, and also like, uh, if you haven't done any of that, then call us back when you have, because that's not really what we do. And, but it's it's one of the perfect examples though, of an early stage company and what happens, right? You get, 
it's just like the uh the chief operating officer might also be in charge of accounting or like they're they're paying bills like whatever needs to be done right like we don't have a full-time accounts receivable department or a full-time accounts payable department or controller or whatever it's, right like, it, it, it's just it whoever goes, needs goes to do it it's back to those old, you see, there's always some commercial for some company that the phone rings and the guy picks it up and he's like, so-and-so.com. And like, can I talk to accounting? He's like, sure. Hold he's like, accounting. <laughs> oh, wait. Let me yeah. talk to, let me talk to shipping and receiving. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, the, the warehouse, you know? Okay, Matt. So as we close this episode out, I'm going to create something new here. I'm going to let you ask one question to the magic Matt ball. And oh. I will give you an answer based on 20 different responses. So we're no founders freestyle today. Anything, what do you got, Matt? And I'm going to, mm. and of course, my, my machine learning algorithm will determine the correct answer based on one of 20 outcomes. I think I'm going to have to go with, should I buy more Bitcoin? Boop, 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 boop. Cannot predict now. <laughs> Damn it. There you go. There you go. I will give you one more. <laughs> okay. Should I hire another salesperson? My sources say no. No. All right. I like how the, now the magic eight ball is very personal in that regard. Like really like my, you know, so it's, yeah. By the way, the answers to the magic eight ball are it, the, the, it has 10 affirmative, five neutral, five non-committal and five negative. So it is certain as it is decidedly. So without a doubt, yes, definitely. You may rely on it as I see it. Yes. Most likely outlook good. Yes. And signs point to yes. Or you have negative ones like don't count on it. My reply is no. My sources say no. Outlook is not good. Very doubtful. Overall, uh, the math of the magic eight ball says that 50% of the time, uh, it should give you an affirmative answer every time. Mm, I'm going to get one of those then. Yeah. Well, you dude, I really, I, I, on some levels it could probably be about as accurate as most people. Cause you just don't know, but you know, I just, you, you I just want something when I, after. when I ask my wife what she wants for dinner, that it just gives an answer. <laughs> Dude, you and me both. And now we're on to something. This is a problem we're solving, Matt. Oh, man. Okay. I, you know, my wife would just quit second guess the fucking thing anyway. <laughs> it would be like, you want, you want lo mein noodles with chicken? And she'd be like, yeah, mm. I don't think so. Are there different kinds? Like, how, how is that cooked? I'm like, it's noodles, man. All right, Matt, I'll catch up with you at part 45. All right, see ya. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.